You want to hear a cool story? When my wife and I first met, I was uh, unemployed. And I said, <laughs> well, I don't have a job because I don't want one, not because I can't get one. That uh, night, I filled my resume out and put it up online. I was employed by like 11 a.m. the next day. Like, I didn't like this place, but it paid well, and you know, I didn't know what to do. And my wife very nonchalantly just says, why don't you just start your own machine shop? I tell my wife you need Normal. 22 hammers for 20 machines. Yes, exactly. So when you lose one, don't even look for it. Just That's go get right. another one out of the tool crib, and there when it pops go. back up, we'll put it but away. But if it was color-coordinated per the machine, and you laid down the law and said, I better not see this anywhere else but here, it'd be easier to find. If I see a blue hammer in a red area, you're out. You're out. Done. Done. <laughs> what happens when you don't find any Either hammers? Either of them. <laughs> that could True be a problem. That. True that. That could be a problem. Look in the bathroom. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, correct. It could very well On be. On the back of the fork truck. Yes. Fork truck for sure. Barry yeah. went in the bathroom with some calipers once, didn't he? <laughs> and I and I heard about it from Mitch Toyo. Yes, we did. Uh, that was still classic. That was a good one. I thought I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was I'm, too. I'm just I actually like, liked you're it. You're taking the caliper. I mean, they say it's like coolant proof, so we dumped it in the toilet, and it was waterproof. <laughs> and took it out and used it, and it was perfect. And I thought that was like. Yeah, I think not, the only thing that people looked at was when Barry l pretended to he, lick he it. He licked it, and it, I it, thought it that looked. story was going in a different direction <laughs> yeah. when you said he took the calipers in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> it could have gone in many different directions. Oh, that's, that's classic. Okay, that's classic. It's like a ribbon ceremony later. Yeah, yeah right, right. I Good know. call. And and with that, oh, first funny. time I actually talked to you was uh, when you were in bed. <laughs> True story. Oh man, that's so Not the funny. first time, but probably when I was at the lowest part as a shop owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting up in bed, contemplating what I had done with my life. Years ago. This, How many this years ago was do that? that to you? Four. Yeah, four, three, four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, 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 uh, this trade is the greatest trade in the history of the world. Yes, it will it take care of your family, take care of everything. But if you don't have like determination, grit, path, talent, you know, and the ability to just get work and take care of customers and stuff, like you can hit some bad times, you know, and um, everybody goes through it. Yep. It's part of it. But the more, once you go through it, like today, I'm like, you know, I go through hardship and it's just like, you know what, this is, Okay, you're gonna waste my time with this hardship, Lord. Right. You know, like let's right. just go walk through it and stuff because I've been through it so many different times. But it, it is difficult. Like you go through it again, you're gonna you're gonna be like way more at peace with it. You know what I mean? It's this has been a very strange year yeah. in the economy for yeah. backlog and orders and stuff. And yeah. you know, it's exactly what happened. We we said, hey, you know what? It's it's not that bad. We, yeah. You know, we can survive it. We're tough enough. We can we can get through yeah. it. Heck yeah. You know, 100%. yeah, because the, the industry is cyclical, right? You'll get these stretches where you're just like, okay, summers generally slow down. And you're like, okay, how do we get past the summer slowdown? Because every year for so many years, you know, June hits, everyone's on vacation. Buyers go on vacation. People close their doors. They all this. And then you wait until like the end of August. And you're like, gosh, darn, why can't we just build up enough work in, you know, April, May. So we're working through the summer. But it just doesn't work like that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And we all. Uh, so when I. So we, we had known each other for probably a few years. Right. Yep. Through Titans of CNC and just our community and uh, you guys being part of that community. And then. uh yeah, and then I think you, you emailed me or something that you were like going through some tough times and, and put your phone number down and, and then I called you and just so happens I called when you guys were like in bed and like Well, we were you on said, different time zones. Yeah. yeah. So Right. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, a friend of mine who was, you know, he was running a successful startup and we were having some troubles at the shop, which can happen. And, of course. Um, he, he made me an offer to come and do manufacturing set up manufacturing at his startup as they were starting to explode right on. and he made me a solid offer um and that really makes you contemplate what am i doing and why should why am i still doing this you know, right it's such a struggle it can be a real struggle sometimes and at that yep. time that your company your shop 
you were just going through some hardships. We were. We've taken a, a nice one-two punch from um, the tariffs. The tariffs actually affected us very poorly. And then COVID as well wasn't kind to us either. Hmm. You know, we had lost a lot of staff because of the tariffs. We had some customers who were heavily embedded in China. And when their got products it. got tied up at the docks and, and they couldn't get their money, you know, they couldn't pay us either. Of course. And being a small business at the time, we were probably 12 or 15 people. You know, taking a hundred thousand dollar bump to your cash flow—that's not something you just walk away from. Nope. Yeah, yeah good call. That's hard. Jeez. On a previous uh, podcast, I had talked about Blue Origin was actually going to purchase my company, and at that time, when my life was falling and crumbling, and and I was losing everything, I'd lost my house, and like you know, lost everything. You know, not what matters, but I lost everything material, mm-hmm. and I was like, man. If, if they actually come through and purchase this company and I and after laying off 40 employees the the 15 that I have left I secure jobs for them and potentially hire my other ones back like it's worth it you know I like I I was just fantasizing about going to work for that company you know what I mean and I was just like build rockets man like I'm, they got this crazy future and stuff and at the end they decided to just to be a great customer but then uh, not to purchase. And as we know, I mean, today I got a crazy relationship yep. with them. But Great. but at the end of the day, today I look back and everything that we've done in education, everything we've done in the world, I would have sold out my entire vision and God's path for my life and before for something easy, you know? So, you know, Jamie will tell you that when, when he was, he, he told me about that and he told me about other things and I wasn't like, Oh yeah, go do it cuz I I had had gone through the same thing. Sure. And and I already knew everything that he was doing and what he was going through, I had pretty much gone through. So I was just like, look, you can do this, you can do this and this and this and and don't do that. You have an amazing company. You're just going through a a period, you know. Well, at that time you told me that they can't take my talent yep. and that, you know, my talent is going to survive this and and I can rebuild. And that was what I needed Wise to hear was how do I rebuild? Bill yeah. You know, and the deciding factor on that was the people that work for me, my crew, I had made commit, we had made commitments to them. Um, and that we, we just didn't want to, you know, bail because so that it would have been easy for me and for yeah. my, my immediate family. Sure. You know, and, and it's been beaten to death about, you know, work families and some people have, you know, cohorts that saying, but I really feel that way about our crew. You know, we've been through a lot together and, and we're very close and, and I needed to stick it through all the way to the end for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that Good little bit you. of inspiration telling me it is possible. You guys can do it. You know, just stick your nose yeah. to the grind and keep going. Yep. See it all the way through. And, and I have no regrets that we did it. You know, it's, it's still a grind. Yeah. It can be tough sometimes. But, you know, we had a good vision for what we were doing. And it's starting to pay off. There you go. Su- super, there you go. super cool. And what what I, I love is that this is a husband and wife affair. And the wife is actually the CEO of the company. Yes. And she's like listening to all this, yeah. but she was she went right through it, all of it. Oh yeah. Lee, how are you? I'm great. That's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming to Texas. Thanks for having us. Heck yeah. Super good, women in the workforce. That's right. Women owned. That's right. Boom. <laughs> all the <laughs> above. All women in manufacturing. Women, yes. women that's in right. manufacturing. Yep. That's that. it, super good. So anything you can add to it, like tough times, huh? Yeah. Uh, it it can become a little daunting and you, you feel like giving up, right? Because you yeah. don't know what's on the other side of it. But I am happy that we stuck it through and it was important that we stayed there for our employees because yeah, it's not just stuff. us yep. that's riding on it, right. but it's Family. the other 25 families that, that count on us for their yep. weekly check. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. And daunting is a two-way street too. So you're like, hey, I'm missing a lot of money. That's daunting. And yeah. And then I'm telling my wife, I'm like, all we need is one big order and I can turn it around. And then you win a big order. Yeah. And now you're like, what do I do with this now? You, you got that right. Right. Yeah. Material to buy. Every, I mean, it, it takes a lot of effort to get that going and get that out the door. Yeah. I, I was talking I was talking to these guys. I was talking to Jamie and, and he was telling me about their new facility and about these machines that they're buying and, and just just about the life that they have and, and, and their employees and, and all of that. And I just was like, dude, we should do the podcast, man, because like, yes, such an incredible story about 
being at a place where you you were going to walk away from everything and the whole world's coming down and then now you're buying a bunch of cncs and you're taking care of your customers taking care of your employees and and uh yeah and i i see you every once in a while you know in this world somewhere imts or something and you just these guys just have such a great attitude and stuff like that and so like now now you're over there do you look back and be like just you know it's like a lot of pe- a lot of people do good in life but they forget how what it took to get there you know what i mean and it's like you know we were talking um we were talking earlier about just you know don't be so quick to grow and don't be so quick to right. have to have this crazy plan and five-year plan and all this stuff it's like like It'll settle, come. settle down, enjoy the process and enjoy where you're at and, and understand how hard it took you to get there and just take care of what you have. You know what I mean? And, and slowly do do what you got to do. Yep. Unless the right opportunities come, you know, we scaled back out. our plan for expansion. Yeah. We, we had a much larger business plan that we wrote up at first. We took a look at it, saw the weather of the economy going right now. And we said we can still expand because we, we still sell enough backlog that we should expand out of the building we're sure. in, but you know, maybe trying to grow to a $20 million shop overnight isn't the right plan at this moment right. in time. So right. you know, my wife is very wise with that kind of stuff. And she you know, said, hey, what if we tweak the plan like this and we just take a little baby step? Yeah, good for nice. you guys. And nice. I love the fact that you guys are both in it because I've seen so many talented machinists, all the talent in the world, but they don't have the office. They don't have the back end of it or the book side of it. And it gets them in trouble, right? You, it's hard. You're, you're so busy in the shop and with orders and customers and parts that that part of it to have somebody that you could rely on in the, in the office and make sure that the ship is run is huge, huge. So good for you guys doing that together, especially with skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. There you right? go. Right. Exactly. So we, we, we succeed or we fail together. That's right. Yeah, good for you. What what industries do you serve? What kind of uh, work do you guys do? Firearms, aerospace, defense. Wonderful. Commercial, robotics. And how long have you been doing this? In business or yeah. as a machinist? I, I, total. Uh, we've been in business 12 years now? Yeah. 12 Fantastic. Years. So, and I've been a machinist since I was 15, so about, oh, about 27 So it's years. in you. And my wife has a master's in business, so this yeah. is what we were meant to do. Beautiful. That's awesome. I like, I like how... Uh, that's great. How she she actually influenced you. Can you talk about that? Like how you uh, how you started your company and what you were doing when you guys first met? When we first met, yeah, as a, as yeah. A married couple? No, meaning like like the whole the the story where it's like you know you weren't actually working and then she was thinking that you were a deadbeat and then you better go get a job. And She'll tell you I was a deadbeat. <laughs> <laughs> He's acting like I like he doesn't know what I'm talking about. I, I just wasn't sure which story He's like, you were. Yeah, I know a lot. He's like we're going down that path. <laughs> yeah, I'll, right. Well, I'll be happy to share that story, but before. You know, I've been listening to the podcast and I, we both really appreciate being invited on. Awesome, and man. one of the things that you said in the last one, um, or, you know, as time goes, I don't know which one that would be, is as a shop owner, you have to be likable. So you were mentioning all those yeah. other skills that you need to bring. Yep. And that is a huge one. If, you're, if the buyers and the other CEOs and the other people in this industry don't like you, yep. you're not going to go very far. Yeah. Agreed. So yep. I thought that was a great point that you brought up because a lot of people are inspired by you know the academy and 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 you yourself tight in in your story yeah, and you. and then they'd say hey i can do that too right and they're going to go and buy a machine and 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 get going and and maybe they're not the most likable guy yeah. Yeah. you're going to have a lot of trouble you know going from your garage getting to going, work getting yeah. work and yep. knocking you're on selling doors. yourself That's you're right. selling the company but you're selling yourself and and you're exactly right and it is a great point because machinists are at heart introverts right they 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 see what they do they're in those four walls every day they're worried about that part to go talk to the customer and to have that conversation yeah i got your i got your work i got it it's it's coming but it it's you got to be personal you got to be likable you got to help them solve problems yeah at and the you, same time you, and you might be a likable person but once you put that that load on your shoulders of actually owning Good a machine yep. and and how you deal with that pressure and need of call. 
contracts and, and money. And you're stressing your buyer out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You're stressing him yeah. out because he's already under a lot of pressure, yep. right? And you've got to learn what makes him tick. Yep. And what is, how is he incentivized at the company that he works at? Some of them of are course. lowest price, but some of them are not. Some yep. of them are terms. Some of them are, you know, just on-time delivery. And so you got to get in there and learn about that guy and find out what's on his whiteboard. What can you solve for him? And if you don't have that interpersonal uh, ability to get in there and, and find out what's going on. You're going to win one job yep. and that's it. Yeah, And, you're and that's done. not enough to sustain, you know, that machine payment you just made. And you're right. Some, some of the buyers aren't just looking for the lowest price. You know, Bill Selway used to always say quality and on-time delivery, you'll never be out of work. And that is true. Like it's hard, you know, to continue the quality, make sure that it hits. And then everything comes up. I don't care if it's material delays. I don't care if it's the plater that got delayed. There's always something that's going to disrupt that on-time delivery. But, you know, I had customers that were like 99.7 on time with Boeing. And it just drives me crazy how they achieved that. Because it is, it's always throwing you curveballs. Yeah, 100%. All right. So to the story. Okay. okay. <laughs> Here we go. Here so we go. When my wife and I first met, I was uh, unemployed. I had decided to... This was, you know, after 2010, I bought a house in a short sale and I pretty handy. So I went through all the apartments and I started rehabbing that house. So when we met, I had gotten into an argument with my old employer and uh, I took a, a layoff. Okay. And so I was just working on my house and getting it fixed up. And we started dating and she's like, hey, you know, it's been like three months. I've never even seen you look for a job. <laughs> And I said, well, I don't have a job because I don't want one, not because I can't get one. And she's like, I don't, I don't see the difference. She's like, you want this to go any further? Smart you know, girl. My mom yeah. thinks you're a jobless bum. Yeah. I'm on the fence. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, yeah. So that night, that was on a Sunday Love night. It. and I Wait, wait, wait. Were you on the fence or you knew? No. Well, I told him that I wasn't going to continue dating him unless he went and found a job nice. let's go let's yeah. go yeah. lay lay this down time. the three months is enough time. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i've seen plenty yes. <laughs> so you'll you'll see a pattern about how i respond to challenges so uh. that night i filled my resume out and put it up online and the next morning i had like 15 voicemails and i just plotted them out on a map and went to the one closest to my house guy made me a solid offer i was employed by like 11 a.m the next day good on oh. you you're like this woman's too important I, I she's she's gonna be in my life i gotta do this good good for you so i hated that job no oh. i hated that job that guy the guy that owned the place wasn't a machinist he didn't understand what was going on god that's he, the hard times he was, too he was a real desk jockey yeah um when you get an owner that doesn't know what goes on in the shop that's like a that's difficult. Like you, 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 he's out there and trying to tell you what to do. He's got orders coming in. It that that never seemed to work. Never seemed and to work. It, it's hard. I always say that if if you're not a machinist, like a decent good machinist, you can't lead machinists. Right. You can. There's no way you can Agreed. hold them accountable. Yep. Right. Yep. And that's super important. And machinists are just a special breed. They don't respect leadership that doesn't actually do what they do. Machinists are artists. Yeah, and 100%. so you know, if you thought of a great musician, and you're like, man, you know, that guy's weird, and you're like, yeah, of course he is. He's the lead guitar player. You know, a lot of artists are weird. So we give those guys slack for yeah. the, for their weirdness. Yeah, machinists are artists. And they are. In fact, when we do our hiring, I like guys who can play a musical instrument. Guys who are into painting. Yeah, um, it's the way that their brains work. They can they can see the sculpture under the clay. There you go. That's Ooh, so cool. Great I call. Like that. I do too. That's Super a good, good one right there. All right, so you had a job. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. All How right. long were you there? All in all, eight months. But, oh, man, but, that's a good holdout right there. Well, what, there was an incident about four months into it. <laughs> and I came home and I was pretty upset. And we were still dating at that point. And um, I was just complaining about it that, like, I didn't like this place, but it paid well. And, you know, I didn't know what to do. And my wife very nonchalantly just says, why don't you just start your own machine shop? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, do you even know what it would take to start a machine shop? And she said, no, do you? <laughs> but I, she does have a master's in business. She does. Yep. Right. She does. Uh, which I knew nothing about business at that point in life. And so I Googled it <laughs> and Google said, go to the SBA. And I went there and they said, write a business plan and come back. And so then talk come I stayed there for eight months. It took me Got you. four months of revisions to the business plan. Um, but once I started... I couldn't stop. Good I had on, to. Yeah. I had to finish it. You know, succeed or fail. I just had to finish that plan. I had put too much into it. Good on you. And yeah. so, and she helped me a lot with it. A lot. She a lot of her, you know, blood, sweat, and tears went into that 
half inch three ring binder that we brought to the bank. Yeah, good stuff. And, and, then, you, and then you're you're starting to dream now, right? You, you're what, doing that, and you're starting to dream about it, and then go ahead. Then. So I was just gonna say, this is what 2011, 2012. 2011. 2011. Yeah, good stuff. So that's kind of nice timing wise. The recession kind of had passed. Just, yep. You know, we're starting to get into manufacturing's coming back in a in a good way. People are getting busy again. So that was that was good timing then on your part. Yeah. And there were a lot of there were a lot of companies that did not do well during that recession, and there are a lot of places up for sale. Yep. So I I took a flight out to Michigan and I scooped up a couple of shops at auction and had all the stuff I needed shipped back. Beautiful. Um, Good that call. Was right. So they just, so they ended up just giving you a loan? They did. Yep. Nice. And then you went out? Shopping awesome. spree. <laughs> it's a lot to start a shop, right? I mean, from nothing. Yeah. The, the problem is the momentum that as you know, so, you, so I'm a dreamer. I had a vision. I had no idea what I was doing. And I had a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. All right. And I was like, I, well, I might need this thing one day. I should buy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Knowing that it might sit there for two years. <laughs> but I got to have it. So you don't know when you need no, that thing. Exactly. That's why you have to have it. Exactly. So I will, I'll tell you, you know, word of, no word of a lie that if my wife was not in it with me, I wouldn't be here with you guys today. Yeah. Um, I would have put us out of business a long time ago. Dreaming too big, you know, like Icarus. And, you know, I, I didn't understand. I just sure. didn't understand a lot of that stuff. And I, I see a lot of new guys kind of coming up and getting into that. And I see they don't understand it either. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like now that we've learned it, that, you know, it's something we want to give back. We want to start helping. You know, if you bought a machine, you're starting up a shop. There are a lot of things you need to learn yep. to get, you know, to get to the next level, to, to, to be able to feed yourself, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You know, stop working for free and not a passion project anymore and turn it into a real business. Yeah, good on you. And that is huge because, right, it, it, so many people that have got, you look at manufacturing today, it is healthy. You know, we, we see shops, you know, starting, we see younger kids coming into the industry and, you know, for them to make the same mistakes that their predecessors made, which happens all the time. But if you had a mentor, we always talk about mentors on this podcast, which is great. Somebody that you could learn from or just talk to or have ability to pick up a phone and ask questions like, oh, my God, I'm in this spot. What do I do? They've never been there. You've been there. That's what we always say. We've had a little bit of that uh, time under our belts now. And you kind of yeah. can express those those challenges that that happen along the way to people. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah, and we're very, we're very grateful that, you know, Titan has always answered my call when I've called, you know, or gotten back to me as soon as he can. And he's been in, you know, all the spots that we've been in. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, what do I do now? He's always giving me some good advice and inspiration, which sometimes that's really all you need. 100% Ooh, agreed. You know? Yeah. Inspiration is great. Yeah. And, the, and they've been part of the community for a long time and small group. Small group number three. Oh, number man. three, and, and proud of it. Hello, run good it through, on you. We run it through our company. We we don't force people to do it, but we we ask them to. We tell them that it's available. Yeah. Um, we have a reward system in place that if you complete the first ten, you know, we'll give you an increase. And we don't care what your job position is there. You can do shipping. Fantastic. How, how are you not more valuable to the company? Agreed. No, that's great stuff. And, and, and it gives them something to look forward to and aspire to, to you know, give them a little bump after that. That's wonderful. Yeah, and we, we do it in a, in a unique way. Um, you know, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but this is my way. Um, we don't let them do it at work. I don't pay them to do it. Okay. <clears throat> I feel that they need to put a little skin in the game. You know, what are we asking them to do? Go home, watch well, a YouTube time. video, yeah. spend a half an hour on your computer yeah, yeah. playing around. Yeah. You know, you play video games, then you should be doing this. Yeah, yeah, you know, invest call. in yourself and then I'll invest in you as well. 100%. Yeah, I knew a lot of the guys, machinists that I'd know from, you know, I would, always, I would always talk, you know, I'd go into a shop, maybe the owner was busy. I'd talk to all the guys running the machines and the guys that were the best would go home at night and they wouldn't put down, you know, their their iPad or their phone. They'd just keep looking at stuff, videos, cutting videos, you know, tooling videos. What is it, what am I going to use in this material? They came up with that stuff all the time. They'd come back to work the next day with just these ideas. And those are the great employees. Those are the ones you want to keep pushing and making them uh, better. You know, when I when I go to companies, I'll be walking around with the CEO or something, and then I'll see these young guys, and then they're over here. Like they're just like, oh, it's Titan. What's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, you right. know, I'm like, what's up? You know, and and then we're all 
talking and stuff. And then I'll see like a young guy that doesn't know who I am at, at all. Right. Right. And then you see another one that it's like, what's up, Titan? You know, and stuff. And then I'll, I'll mention, I'll be like, the guys that know me are the ones at home on YouTube looking up machining yeah. and metalworking and, and looking up a passion project that they're just like, I love like machining. So even away from work, I'm going to actually research it. And that's why they know who I am. Yeah. But if, if they don't know, they're not on they, their phones. They're not on the, yeah. they're not looking for stuff. They're not looking. Well, this is how I break this down to, you know, some of the guys that think that it's, it should be all my and Lee's responsibility to train them. And so what I explain is that I did train you. I trained you for the job I hired you for. Yeah. You're asking me for the next job. Yeah. That's not my responsibility to train you for that job. I'm here to help you. But if you were working for me as an operator and all of a sudden you wanted to become a lawyer, you'd have no expectations for me to pay for you to go through law school. Good on you. So why do you expect me to teach you to be a machinist? Because you're here as an operator. Yeah, yeah. Companies need operators, you know, and I think you're great at your job. What, why should I promote you? Give me a reason. Yeah. You know, and I, go I, get it. I just need them to put some skin in the game because we've had too many people that I've gone first. Sure. And then they take what I've taught them and then they leave because they don't have or they quit. Yeah. Like they don't not quit the job, but quit the, you know, the learning. Yeah. They quit the process because they don't have any skin in the game. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. And you have to, you know, I mean, again, you're saying the same things, so, you know, I, we talked about it in an earlier podcast, you know, the shops that have maybe, maybe they got mill lathe, EDM, they have multiple different things. And if they, if the guy is not wanting to understand all facets of the business, everything that there is to know, because, right, we've talked about it a million times. There's so much to know in this industry. You're never going to know it all. And it keeps moving and keeps changing daily. Right. Become daily. a learn it all. Become, yes. That's my advice to anybody listening. Become Agreed. a learn it all. Yep. And that, I agree that, that's been that's been the whole thing about the academy from the beginning is like no excuses like no excuses all these yep. young guys they they come up and then they they're like they might ask a machinist in the corner one time like hey can you help me do this and then that person's busy and then they never ask again and then they're like i don't know how to per i've been in front of this machine for 10 years and i don't know how to program and they won't teach me and it's like look if you want to actually program yep you can literally just go to Titans of CNC Academy, go down to Mastercam, actually just go through the tutorials, go to the building blocks and just start knocking them out. You know, oh, you don't have the cam? Then it's 160 bucks right there, resources. You get it for free and you can actually, not for $160, and then you can actually just learn how to program. There's no easier way and it makes perfect sense. You want to make good money programming, you know, learning the setups, doing all of that is going to help you increase your pay. And it's like, boom. You know, and if you see anybody like you see somebody who's putting that time in, who's learning it and they're coming up and showing you their programs, you're going to be like, it makes okay, you feel good. I love that. Yeah. I love that you're taking the initiative. I'm actually going to lift you up. Yeah. We'll about, even pay for the master cam for them yeah. if they're interested in of learning course. how to, yeah. how to do it at home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's only one resource you can't get more of or make more of and that's time yep and so i'm looking for who should i i'm never going to get that time back yep so i'm going to go invest in you and then you're right and if i see somebody taking that initiative well now all of a sudden i'm interested show me what you've learned let me show you this yeah good let call. me now i'm going to go spend some time with that guy yep um we tell the guys that work for us all the time that you know if, if a senior guy is taking a moment to talk to you at all i don't care if he's busting your chops teaching you something you know ragging on you because he likes you yep. and because he sees potential. You got it. Because the people that we don't see that in, we don't even talk to those people. Yeah, 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 right. Good call. That's yeah, awesome. Good call. I remember like, I remember us having those talks during the difficult times and then I know that you guys got better and stuff and then it wasn't, it wasn't that long and then I remember you guys brought in like a big machine. Yes. That was, this is years ago and then like pallets and stuff, right? And I remember thinking like, dang. Like, you guys hitting it now. Life is it's changing you know what i mean so we should have bought that machine differently yeah uh, yes i don't want you don't have to get into like crazy details and stuff but in i just instead i just of don't. buying one machine with lots of options on it we should have spent that money and bought two machines two spindles with, with standard options yeah but that's you don't know any better yep, right you know? and what, what what did you buy it for at the time what kind of work did you have that was saying oh my god we need pallets we need you know automation we had two problems we were trying to solve and yep. we asked a lot of our peers and we know a lot of other people in our region that own machine shops and we were beginning to win jobs in the thousands of pieces got it and we were just getting murdered cutting it vertically yep 
And we were also getting into a lot of high mix, low volume at the same time. My wife kind of says, you know, we're medium mix, medium volume right now. We can okay. kind of live in both worlds. Yep. Uh, and we're able to do that because we have a lot of talent, talent that we've cultivated over the years using the academy. And so getting a machine with a pallet pool and 150 tool matrix that solved both problems. But what you don't take into account is tombstones at $10,000 a piece. You got and, it. you know, you're looking at $100,000 to buy enough cat 40 tools to fill this thing. And, yep. and without, you can't get the money to do those things until you complete the contracts. Right. So we would have completed the contracts twice as fast if we had spent 200 K on two horizontals yep. instead of 400 K on one with a lot. How many pallets did you buy? We bought it with a six pallet changer. Okay. And then when the changer went to show up, it didn't fit oh, where, no. where we are. Oh, so shoot. we had to change strategies real fast. So yeah, uh, we bought it now. It's going to show up at the new building. Good so. for you. Yeah, good for you. It is funny, too. More spindles is the one way you get around production, right? Because when you look at cycle time and you look at that tombstone and that real estate that's on that tombstone, you, you've got to have the right parts, the right work to get that. Otherwise, you can't get through those pallets quick enough, and you're going to be sitting there, and you're going to have jobs sitting up there waiting to run if you've got too long a cycle on one side of the tombstone or, or a complete tombstone. Hmm. That high mix, low volume is probably the the most difficult to to accommodate when you're in a shop because again it's a lot of setup right and so that's why we wanted the pallet pool and we were going to standardize tooling standardize fixturing yep leave it in the machines there you go so but to get back to what you're talking about about the hard times um my wife got us through the hard times she outsmarted those problems in a way that i don't know if i would have been able to navigate the same way wow you know but i'm a tangible right physical yeah. the, the machines like solving those problems all day but those were business problems and and relationship problems and and converse hard conversations with people to tell them you know believe in us My, you know we we have what it takes we just need a little bit of time heck yeah and, and she was making those phone calls and, and making those visits and convincing people to stick with us and here we are now and now i mean i can tell you with our tool vendor um, one guy stood, uh, Cameron supply, Jason Cameron. He's the man. Oh man. Had to do it. Had to do <laughs> nice. it. So this guy no, stuck with you. us. I mean, we weren't even paying him and he was still dropping the tools off. Good and, stuff. uh, not that I think he could do that for everybody, but he really believed in our company. He was in there every day. He was really helping us, you know, solve tooling problems. And, and to now we spend, we went from spending like four grand a month with him. I think we're his number two customer. We spent like Jeez. 20, 25 grand a month with him now. Good stuff. Yeah. Holy smokes. So Lee, what is the hardest part then of that side of it? When you're seeing the shop struggle, how are you, you know, navigating those waters to, you know, kind of pull, pull them out, pull you guys out? The hardest part is deciding where to spend your money, right? Sure. So your most expensive expense is your payroll yep and cutting people loose is probably the hardest part yeah, right of you, course you don't want to put them in financial hardship uh, but ultimately sometimes you have to make that decision sure to either go on work share and everybody shares the burden or you, you lay one or two people off or however many people you need in order to keep going and kind of right the ship yeah um it, it's just People are the hardest part Absolutely. of owning a business, I yeah, think. Yeah, you become a family. Yeah, it's you really do. It's your family members, you yeah. know. Yeah. Super difficult. And then, uh, so I love how you talked about the talent, you know what I mean? And being likable and, and all of that. What do you do? What, what do you think contribute to your success? Is it that you're likable, you make crazy good parts, you know, on-time delivery, all of it, you know, grit? You know, grit, grit, to staying a fault after it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Some, sometimes when you go through hard times with people and you work things out with that person and you have those talks and you've been through the low times, all of a sudden your relationship over the Strong. long term is just so solid. Right. You know, the other thing I think is we weren't afraid to go and ask other people for advice. So yeah. we were really close with our small business administration uh, from Massachusetts. And we're also with the Mass MEP Manufacturing it's Extension Partnership. And so they'll give us grants to train our people. We actually nice. also won a grant for capital equipment. They gave us $250,000 that we had to match. And oh, so we so. were able to buy equipment and only pay for half of it. And so 
reaching out to great. the resources that are there to help small businesses is what I would recommend for anybody yeah, starting I, a business. I, I think that there's a lot of people that don't even know that exists. You 100%. Know? Right. Every state has an MEP. It might be called something different wherever you know other people live, but every state has an MEP. It's a federally funded program. And you should reach out to yours because that their goal, it stands for Manufacturing Extension Partnership. And their goal is to help with training gaps. To There are not a lot of capital asset grants. That was a unique situation that we were able to get into. Um, but from our relationship with our MEP, we were one of the first people invited. Hmm. And so I was so grateful for what they did. I ended up joining their advisory committee so I could bring a little sanity to what was happening, you know, where they don't understand manufacturing the way that we do. They're bureaucrats. And so yep. I got in there and I kind of helped them to put, get more effective use out of the training dollars. Yeah. And so we bring a lot of training money into Marzilli Machine. I'm, I'm, training my people is my number one goal. Fantastic. Uh, it's, it's how I get out of, we have a saying in my shop, you want to get promoted, you have to train your replacement. There you go. And so if I want to get promoted, I have to train a lot of replacements. <laughs> and so any help that I can get to do that, you know, I'll take it. I'll take that help. And I'm paying for that. We pay, all of it, everybody pays for that. That comes out of your own employment taxes. Heck yeah. You know, and that's where that, a portion of that money gets put aside and, and goes into a fund to fund your MEP and your, and your training grants and different things like that as part of unemployment. How are the local programs around the shop, schools and trade schools or colleges, high schools, do they have decent programs? Because I saw in California those stepped up quite a bit in the last five to 10 years. They got a lot of grants for CTE money. Do you guys see the same thing on the yeah. East Coast? And you're actually working now, starting to work with one of the colleges, right? Correct. Uh, Marzilli Machine is in the process of partnering with Bristol Community College, okay, which is the, the local community college in our area. And we wanna bring our academy to them. Beautiful. And, and help them to teach today's machining, uh, today's manufacturing. Yep. You know, they're still teaching, you know, an older way. Sure. Um, that really, I had this argument with, not an argument, it was a conversation with Titan one time where, you know, when I was coming up through the trade, this is the late 90s, I graduated from, I graduated from a technical school, okay. uh, one of the best in the country, Diamond Regional in Fall River, Mass. And I graduated from that school in 98, and you couldn't call yourself a machinist then unless you could turn, mill, and grind. Yeah. Right? So that's what they're still teaching kids. Yeah. And I had this conversation with Titan, and Titan said, Jamie, you got a five axis? And I said, yeah. And he said, do you care if the guy running your five axis knows how to surface grind? And I was like, <laughs> not really. No, I would never let that guy go use a surface grinder. He's too expensive. He's too important. You know, there you go. he's making really crazy widgets. You know, he's not surface grinding anything. And, you know, and then I kind of clicked and I went, you know, something he's right that we've taught young people gear driven lathes, bridge ports, yep. surface grinder. You and, if you, and if you're good and you behave yourself, then we'll teach you CNC's. You know, and that's how you get minimum wage jobs in, in manufacturing. But right. if you teach a kid five axis, a lot of things that we needed to learn to make a part in a bridge port, you don't need to know anymore. That's they right. They come out square. That's right. You know, everything's perpendicular. It just, it just works for you. It's true. And now those guys come out and they're worth a lot of money at entry level. And 100%. You, you would never put your five axis, even an apprentice, in front of a gear driven lathe to do anything. And if you needed to, the employer would train that guy. There you and go. How much easier is it for as an employer to train a guy to use a manual lathe? Yeah. Than it is to use you know a five-axis mill. So they should flip the curriculum upside down. And now I'm I'm a I'm a true believer now. It's exactly how Gabe Couyers does it. He goes full CNC first, mm -hmm. and then teaches them the the manual side at the end of it, and gives them a little sprinkling of it. Not doesn't get too deep in it. And I remember this is years ago. I'm gonna say five to seven years ago, one of the best posts at the time that Titan put out, I remember this on LinkedIn, you know, somebody made the comment like, do you have to still teach today's kids manual machining? And it was, there was a ton of comments. I'm gonna say probably 300 comments. And it was split down the middle, 50-50. There's people who said, absolutely, it's part of the trade. You need to know the foundational skills to be the person you are as a machine. And the other 50% said, not with today's equipment. There's no reason for it. It's good, it does it, like you said. Yeah. It holds tolerance, it yeah, those, squares apart. Those are guys who are cutting metal. Yeah. The guys who are responsible for the money, you know, like my wife is, yep. you know what she cares about? getting paid that's right and so turning that purchase order into an invoice and getting paid on it yeah and cnc guys are going to make that happen yeah. yep and i think that i think a lot of the argument is 
because of what we were used to. So if you totally. learn on manual machines, you have that in your head that how you learn is the best way mm-hmm. and, and you're biased to it and you're of just course. saying that these kids, you know, but the kids now are growing up on computers. They, from a young age, they're on phones and you know what I mean? Tablets. Like, tablets and stuff. So it's like these kids are already multitasking like from an early age and, and they just get it. Like my son Tyson, he's over there on the military and, uh, teaching and everyone loves him. He's never been on a manual machine. One time I had him, I gave him a job for like some four wheel drive trucks and stuff and it was like made out of 1018. And he's like, how am I supposed to like machine this? Cause he's only done <laughs> titanium and I was like, that's balls great. out brother. Go balls get out, it. Let's go. You know, I was, because he's only done like ink and now and, and it's just like, what's complicated. This butter? Yeah. He came in at 18 and was making aerospace parts. So it's like, he just never had something that's easy. Funny. So if you teach somebody greatness, they're going to know greatness. You teach somebody mediocrity, they're going to know mediocrity. So you make a choice on where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. It's machining is not hard. It's the ability to not make a mistake and scrap parts and to make perfect parts and 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 think about what could go wrong and be, you know, proactive instead of reactive. That's that experience right there is what you really need and stuff. As far as like putting a tool into, you know, a holder and getting the holder up into a machine and putting a program in and programming, like it's not difficult. It you just have to do it a lot to get good at it. Repetitive. So the, so Everything you just said right there sounds pretty hard. <laughs> Everything you just yeah, said right there sounds yeah. pretty hard. But if, but if somebody <laughs> is sitting there teaching you how to actually do it, I mean, we have an academy that literally teaches you how to do it, so. That's true, but what separates the men and the mice is debugging. Anybody yeah. can set the machine yeah. up, I agree with you 100%, but you gotta make a good part. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where experience comes in. And it goes back to what you said, too. You've got to see the sculpture in the clay. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, that's a great, great point because you've got to see how you're going to go at that part when it's a piece of billet sitting in front of you. And you got this big square piece of billet. And how am I going to hold this? Where am I going to start? Yeah. It's, it's about, about the process. But that, that was, a, that was, it's kind of like what I'm talking about. I'll go to a college and then they're like, you know, people are paying to become a CNC machinist and then they make three parts. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is like, you have to have repetition. You have to make a million parts. You have to see different ways of holding parts, not just vices, yep. but mighty bites and different types, just, you know, Fixed double and tape, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, and come on. And you have to see a lot of different things so that you can look at the job and say, Hey, I'm going to go through my experience and, and this is the best way to hold this part. And that will allow me to run these types of tools and it's not going to pull out and stuff, but Heck it yeah. is that experience. And then, and then once it, when I say like proactive is, it's meaning like, you know, thinking about all the different things. So it doesn't screw up the part. Yeah. So you make good parts, make amazing parts. And yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. one of the things that we did as a company to, to be able to duplicate those results was we, we converted over to a paperless company. Yeah. Nice. And so we're a completely digital company. We use ProShop ERP. Um, we use HiQA for our uh, for our metrology, uh, and we have live machine tool mo- uh, monitoring. So Fantastic. We're, so we're keeping track of what we're doing. Who do you use for that? What's the who'd you go with brand wise? We're using Accelerant right now. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard that one, but good. It gives they're, you all the analytics. Local to us. Okay. So, but we're we're leaning towards. Uh, we like what Datanomics is doing. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that we've experienced was that we went from a company like most machine shops that has a you have a real lack of data. Sure. Right. Everything's on paper. Everything's divided. It's all over the place. Uh, we've been paperless probably for three years now. Wow. Yeah. 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 Maybe four. And um, now you have too much data. <laughs> now there's data everywhere. So we were able to move a non-producing employee to a producing employee yeah. because we just didn't need, you know, and we're making parts for, for big companies that require a lot of paperwork, right? And by digitizing it and having good systems for how that paper, f- digital paper flows through the company, you don't need people monitoring it. It just goes where it's supposed to go. But now there's so much data that if you want to try to figure something out, now you need a human. To, to, to dig through it all. And that's, I mean, that's short, that's going to be short lived, you know, um, algorithms and AI will eventually step in and, and start to help machine shop owners. You know, we, Lee and I are actually working on something for that where Very cool. you know, we're drowning in data. So, yeah. you know, now we have what 
what the nerds like to call data lakes. We have these big data lakes full of information. Hello. That now it's, how did we do on this job, right? Um, but we have enough data where I could tell you serial, serial number part five, yeah. balloon 27, we measured it with this part and here's when that tool was certified and Beautiful. here's what we got for a dimension and Beautiful. here's SPC control across that whole job. But what I just described to you would probably take, you know, a good hour to find it of because course. it's just buried in the server. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, that's what you see a lot of shops doing these days, industry 4.0, internet mm -hmm. of things, IOT. How do you want, and, and it's probably the both of you together, but the business side of that, was that more, leading the charge and finding the data analytics and, and implementing that in the shop or was it the both of you how did you come to like let's get here and where do you start with something like that he actually did most of the implementation and, okay and decided to move forward in that way yeah great right stuff. but she challenged me so the oh here we go again we're going back to when you get challenged the response is <laughs> right. it's right now yeah, let's well, what go. else do you do you just crawl under a rock love it you know? i love um, it we're in business you yeah know? you got to make it happen good for you and so we had we were coming out of the tough times and she said to me pretty point blankly you better figure this out or we're going to do something else yeah and i said okay and so she said we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and i said all right then we need to look at this from a different perspective and I just happened to pick up a modern machine shop magazine. Okay. And this was, I was on the cover about another shop who had gotten rid of the paper in their company. Hmm. And so I ran it by her and I said, what do you think? And she said, go do the legwork. And my wife makes me fill out ROI reports <laughs> nice. to, to spend money in my, in, in our company. Uh. So, um, because of the mistake we made with the horizontal. So we overspent on that. Sure. And so now if I wanted to spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars, like I was telling you at uh, lunch that we bought a, a blue light scanner from Keyens. Yep. And I had to show her how we would save money on jobs that we had made in the last three or four months if we had this scanner and we could have taken all this time we spent in first article those are hours the machine would have been running this is how much that we how much time we spent in qa good on you and that we could have um we could have run other things through those systems and, and improved productivity and then she allowed me to make that purchase um and so we I, I did the legwork on it. Yeah. And what would it do? And and that was difficult because it was so overwhelming. Yep. You know, um, I actually got on a phone call with the CEO of ProShop, and that guy spent four hours with me on the phone. His name is Paul Van Meter. He's a great guy, one of the best human beings I've ever met. And I'm, I'm a technical guy. Yeah. Right? So I'm a machinist owner. So don't sell it to me. Explain how it works. There you go. In a very technical sense. And what happens when I do this? And what happens when I do this? And how are you accounting for that? How does this connect to QuickBooks? You know, how much control do I have over it? Yeah. And what when we onboarded, what we found was that those guys, we were doing almost everything we were doing wrong. Wow. And those guys brought, you know, decades of machine shop experience through the training as we were getting onboarded into the new system you know they were saying things like oh you know you know there's a tool module in this software and this is how you can manage your tool inventory in your tool crib and i'm like we don't have a tool crib and they're like oh you don't have a tool crib well it's not that hard to put one together and i was like we don't need a tool crib <laughs> <laughs> i'm like we're, we're doing just fine with that and then the guy says well how do you organize your tools and i said like everybody does from smallest to biggest from english to metric <laughs> and he said and he goes and how often do you take that drawer apart and fix it and i said once a year and he goes what if i told you you never had to do that again and i was like ah oh. come on and so then as we were going through the rest of the modules what i found was that without the tool crib without this yep. one that I, you know, I resisted a little bit at first, which is human nature, but I found right away that, you know, within a couple of weeks, I'm like, ah, this, these guys know so much more than I do. I should just, whatever they're telling me to do, I should give it a go. Jump. That weekend I came in, collected every tool we owned, moved a couple of things from one side of the shop to the other. I moved shipping to the other side of the shop and I just put it all in one spot and made a tool crib. And then we hired a young man who had no experience and we taught him how to enter all the tools in. And that guy spent six months entering, taking pictures and wow. cataloging 3000 tools that we had found. Found them where? In people's toolboxes. Of course, of you know, course. In like nine different list of cabinets that had been spread out throughout the shop. Amazing. And now we never restructure the drawer there's no rhyme or reason to how they go into the drawer if you get caught shuffling through the drawers you're going to get in trouble you go to the computer you type in what you're looking for 
and you go right to the bin where it's located. Yeah, it's funny. I used to tell all my guys, you know, and go into shop after shop after shop every single day. And, you know, we've we've said this before as well. You get into those four same four walls every day. It's hard to not only take the time to listen to somebody, but then understand what they're trying to tell you and help you with. Because you're like, nah, man, it's working. I'm doing this every day. Don't tell me it doesn't work. I'm making money. But then there's other more efficient ways of getting after it. And that's where the gold is. It, and you got to listen. You got to listen. Well, that was the real difference. Like, you know, Titans bringing up the story. It wasn't working. Yeah. You know, and then what we found out as we got out into the world and we started meeting more people, a lot of people, it wasn't working. Right. And they were just kind of getting by. Yeah. And and just, you know, hobbling it together. And and when we switched over and, and started it, it just it was a change in our mindset that maybe we're doing everything wrong. Maybe we should just look at everything from a fresh perspective. Hmm. And then, you know, when, when we, we saw our returns on our switch to digital probably within six months. So we started in March. And by the end of that year, we were fully implemented. And then the next wow. year, we put out 64% more gross product with no capital investment. Amazing. So you don't know how much waste you have in your company until you start to address it. God, that's fantastic. Good for you guys. Super good. And then I, th I think... There's a lot of companies, like you said, like, oh, we don't have a tool crib and we don't, you know, and they're just getting by and, and they're struggling to get customers and they're struggling to get work. And but it's like we're not making a huge amount of money, so we're not going to, mm -hmm. you know, go down this road yep. and stuff. And yet, if you have a different mindset and you actually think about making perfect parts and you think about your documentation being also perfect and you put the time into actually just from inspection and the quality manual and, and pro documenting all your processes and, and, and all of it, all of a sudden, you'll probably get more customers. Yep. Because as you come in, that's one thing that I used to always do. I had like my bar scan, my uh, barcode scanner, yep. like right at the door, right when you open the shop, I had a table right there, I had the computer, I had it right there, and then I had routers and then it was just like clockwork. It was my way to sell them. It's like mm -hmm. you walk in, it's like, oh yeah, this, this is why we can't fail because you actually go in here, you scan it, then you see the whole process. Everybody has to do this. And I just walk them right through the process and then go to each machine and they would have their router and then they would just, and then the guys would be like, man, this is so, this is like perfect. Ain't I love that it. And, if, and if they're so dialed with their documentation, then they're not gonna fail on my parts and they're gonna actually, you know, say here's another PO. Parts. Here yeah. you go. Here's and more then, work. And then they get it. And then now, a lot of people, they don't want to come to your shop like back in the day. Yeah. They don't. Nobody has time to mm -hmm. like go. Like time is precious. So nobody wants to come to your shop. And now you're doing work for people in other states and and around the yep. world and stuff. So it's like being able to explain the documentation part and and all the different things. It's a license to get work now, you know? You wanna hear a cool story? Yeah. So I went for, I had a meeting with the head of supply chain at a, at a very large firearms manufacturer. Uh, and we've been making parts for these guys for years, but I wanted more, you know? I said, we've been a good vendor. It seems like we're only getting the trouble jobs from you guys and nobody else wants to make. I think we've you know shown you that we can compete. And I want a little bit of gravy that goes with these trouble jobs. I don't Good mind. On you. I don't mind just doing a them, little but bit of gravy. Just a little bit just of gravy. Just a little bit of gravy. That's, all I want. That's it. And the guy said, "Cool, come on up. I'm going to schedule a conference room. I want you to meet with my planner." And I said, "Okay." And so what they were going to do was offshore some of the stuff that they were behind schedule on. Sure. And send it to me. So I had a meeting with him and the planner. And so the planner had very planning questions right <laughs> you know how do you handle this and what does your documentation look like and do you have a schedule and those types of things and i said can i get access to the wi-fi in this room and they said sure i said i need the one the tv is connected to and they said okay and so they gave me the wi-fi and i connected with my phone and on my phone i can access my entire company through the erp wow and i took the the thing and i casted it to the tv and i said here's how a work order works in my company and I brought them through the entire process of how we keep track of their certs and how the job flows Jamie, through the company. That's awesome. The whole thing right on the TV, their jaws just hit the table. I could imagine. And I think the next year we did three times as much with them. Unbelievable. Yep. Good for Confidence. you. Yeah, right? And the ability to show like the customers are always wanting the, the you, you guys as shops, you know, they, they look at the machine shops, they kind of, they put everybody in together into one little uh, idea that, 
it's hard to do what you're doing, but it isn't. You guys did it. You're living proof that what you did worked amazingly well. People that, that I almost have this idea in my head that that article you read, we should get the, the link to that and put this on this podcast afterward. That's a great article to have for everyone to read. So in November of 2020, okay. when Modern Machine Shop heard how we got onboarded with them, they came down and wrote an article for us. We were on the cover that year. Fantastic. Where we explained, and that link is on our website at marsmachine.com. Yeah, that's and awesome. so you can see, you know, how we've been involved with our community and, and how we're written up on the magazines. And, Beautiful. Um, and my, my wife actually does a lot where she um, helps people with things like, you know, how to process payroll and, um, you know, if you are in a small business, you know, how to solve your problems of just owning a small business. Yeah, it's fantastic. So. Good for you guys. And Love if it. somebody wants to quote, go to their your website. Sales at MarsMachine.com. Oh, man. Bingo. Super Bingo. good. Bingo. Super good. Absolutely. So what's the future look like? How far? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's get the crystal ball out. Hold on. <laughs> so our immediate plan is to move into this new building that we've secured and add about uh, somewhere between six and eight machines we're going to add to the floor good stuff um, and that's to handle a lot of the capacity we have capacity constraints in our current building sure nice and then we get access to the other half of our building we have first right to refuse and we'll be twice the size so then we'll be about thirty thousand square feet nice and then we're going to fill that in and then you know we want to build something that we're proud to hand down to our kids there you go that's you know that's our that's our plan that's what gets us out of bed in the morning heck yeah that's so awesome. how many spindles are you currently then 18 18 and you need six to eight more or you've got room for six to eight more in the new building the i new could probably bu fit 11 but yeah um, i have 18 and 4,500 square feet of space right now. Holy smokes. And Good so, for you. Oh, wow. yeah. I'm that very good at Tetris. Yeah. You don't even want to mess around. <laughs> so that good. is that is awesome. So we didn't want to be so tight in the new facility. Good for you. Um, so we got it laid out. Uh, another thing that we got a grant for, we got them to come down and do strategic layout planning for us. Wonderful. So we have a, we have a picture of what the shop will look like now before it's even been constructed. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. Any advice from both of you? Just people grinding in the in the trade you know like going through the hardships going through what you guys went through you know they might be coming you know starting the new year right here just not knowing what the future holds and stuff like that you know any anything inspiring Words of wisdom i would say start with your systems if, if yeah. you're really grinding maybe your systems aren't in place that need to be mm -hmm. and then move on from there and just know that if you keep going and you have a good team behind you, you'll pull through. Yeah, heck awesome. Yeah. Good, good. I always stuff. say there's so many times where it was like so dark and I had no idea how or if I would actually come through, but I just always had the courage to just keep stepping and all of a sudden it's like you're farther along and the light's right there and it's like, all right, we're gonna make it through. Yeah, because it's how tough it can be. You blink and there goes 90 days. Like, like, oh, my God, we made it through that. But it time moves so fast mm -hmm. and you're go. It's Friday again. It's Friday again. You, they come so quick. But eventually you do. You get past it. It's just a small spot in time that, man, it just hurts. It hurts when you're going through it. Awesome. Surround yourself with good people. Yeah. The people you surround yourself with is as important as who you pick for a, for a spouse. Um, you know, my, my wife makes me a better person and the people that you surround yourself with your team, your close team, those people are going to determine what kind of company you are agreed because as you're growing, like it's not, it's not our company anymore. Yeah. It's, it's our company. Yeah. It's everyone's that's, that's company. Awesome. You know, I, and we made promises to our team when we were in the low times, like anybody who stuck with me and who could see the potential from our, the, what we were trying to build and how different our shop was than any place else they had ever worked. That I would take care of them before I took care of myself. And I did. And, and my guys, are, they're well paid. They have great systems in place. You know, um, we go out of our way to make their jobs enjoyable. Um, and so that, that's my advice is be careful who you pick is to be part of your inner circle. Yep. And, and, and don't be afraid to, to, to be very selective 
about who those people are. Sure. You know, because especially at the beginning, at the beginning, you can kind of feel a little desperate. Yeah. You know, like, oh, anybody. I just don't want to be alone. Give me a body. Just anybody. You yeah. Know? Uh, sometimes when we get real busy, we, we joke that the hiring <laughs> criteria becomes one eye and two arms yeah, and you okay. will hire you. Um, and so, it's not. It's true, too. Right. Yeah, she just needs somebody. But your inner That's circle, funny. especially if you're just starting out, the people that you choose at the beginning, those that is it's going to determine how your company yeah, grows because I as I've moved up, you know, from working on the floor at the hip with the people who work with me to, you know, now I, I sit in my office and I, and I run my company with my wife. Who's, who's downstairs making the, the day-to-day That's decisions. Right, it's, your boys. it's those guys. It's, it's guys. the guys that yep. I, that I spent those years with in the trenches, Yep. you know, and now it's, it's all of our company. Right. Yep. And so, and I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'll get up. We know ours is coming. Sure. And so, you know, I, I, when we go to work every day and I, and I look at their faces and I see what they look like, um, you know, I'll give you a great example, the inflation, right? So inflation hit, hit everybody really, really hard. Yeah. And, um, my wife and I, we tripled what we normally give out for raises that year. Um, because we, we just, I, I, you, you come to work and, and I love these people. Yeah. Right. I mean, they bleed for me. And they're like, Ugh. and I'm like, what's struggling. The, I'm like, what's the matter? You know, things are tight at home. Things yep. are tough at home. I said, okay. And so if we averaged, I think we averaged like 12 or 13 percent raises that year. Wow. That we handed Good out for people. you guys. You know, and they deserved it. They work hard. Heck yeah. You know, and my wife and I do fine. Yeah. You know? um, and so we're comfortable. And so let's give it to them. Ours, Share the wealth a little. There. Yeah. I'm not worried about Heck it. Heck yeah. Good yeah, for you awesome. guys. That's so Super great. Good. good owners. Boom. Love it. So good. Marzilli Machine. That's us. Marzilli Machine Company. Boom. Super nice. I mean, two two great people. So so nice meeting the both of you and hearing the story. I mean, what a what a fun uh, what a fun day to have you here. Very much so. Super good. So, what are you guys gonna do in Texas? You guys are here till Sunday. Yeah. We don't know. We're just gonna yeah. wing it. That's it. <laughs> wing it. I mean, sometimes the good best food, thing is to not have bars. anything yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. let it all fall into place. And we're, we, we need time, you know, we're married and we have two small children and little, a house and a business. It's date not, weekend. Yeah. It's yeah. not often that you can just escape. Yeah. You know? Decompress. So. Yes. I Super good. Use Super that good. word a lot. Boom. It is great though, how you guys are both just so instrumental in everything day to day. I think that's just, you know, you see husband and wife businesses and it, it, it and this this one especially it is a struggle this industry yeah. can kill you we and have a theory about this yeah as to why we we ask this a lot why as a couple are we doing okay and the, and the everybody thinks that like that's a nightmare yeah you know and we love it's a it. great I call wanna, i wouldn't want anybody else as my partner sure um and so what this comes down to is competency Yep. Right. And so it's it's unusual to have a husband and wife team who, you know, like I said, my wife has a master's and I've been yep. a machinist for 27 years. And so, you know, like I'm, she pulls her weight. I pull my weight. Yep. So we're not, you know, I, I never feel like, oh, man, if she could only do this, you know, then we would make it. No, I never feel that way. I feel like, thank God she's here because I'd be burning things down. <laughs> 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 ah, power great. couple yeah power couple so, is so right good. i love that's it so good and still a lot of room to grow i mean i love and you got the building and more square footage and and spindles are coming i mean that's a lot spindles equal money time equals money yeah. those are things that are a great future that's ahead of you and our roles in the company are changing now yeah now as we're moving into there where um my wife does 85 percent of all of the quotes that come into our company and so wow. we just recently promoted um a gentleman who 52 years old, got out of telecom and decided he wanted to get into manufacturing. Hello. That's awesome. Jump ship, went got trained, and uh, I got a personal phone call from his teacher saying, you need to hire this guy. Uh, and I just thought that was so awesome. At that his is age amazing. to try to do something like that. Yeah. So I, I hired him. I never even met him. Yeah, that's great. I was like, whatever. I'll give anybody two weeks. Let's, yeah. let's see. <laughs> yeah. And this guy, um, Mr. Vegas, this guy is so dedicated to our company. He's taken, he's done like seven jobs for us and everyone he puts his heart and his soul into it. And and when we were looking at what do we spend most of our time doing, it's quotes. We spend, you know, 60 hours a week quoting. And so we, together, and she's doing the bulk of it. It's amazing. And we were able to, she trained him up and 
and that's what allows us to come and do stuff like this is he's there working and doing that work and now my wife is getting into what she should be doing which is business development there you um, go and and one of the things that if i can speak for you um she's very peeved by is that she goes to defense conferences, right? Which, you know, women in manufacturing, yep. which I go to these things too, and nobody even talks to me. And <laughs> she, but she goes in and everybody wants to talk to her. And what we keep running into, or she keeps running into is they go, wow, you're so knowledgeable about this trade. <laughs> and she leaves and she goes, I know what they're saying. She goes, they're saying you're so knowledgeable for a girl. She's yeah, like, this is correct. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it ridiculous. is. It's starting to change a little bit. I think the women are getting a lot more credibility and they're like getting a lot more uh, accepted as they should, yes. right? This industry is phenomenal. Titan said it a million times. It doesn't matter who or what you are. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just, it's, a, it's an industry that can accept anybody and anytime. It's, it's great now. I think, I think that you get funny. on um, the Blue Origin video that we just did was, yeah. was amazing yeah. because you're showing an amazing 550,000 square foot facility that's clean. Super. And people are always talking about, oh, it's clean, it's clean, but you don't actually see it. So there's a lot of things bad about social media. Yeah. But what a gift it is, you know, to our industry, to the young people, to women, to all of it. And because a lot of people just, like a lot of women just don't know. They don't? They just don't know. Yep that there's this like industry where you could make twice or three times more money than they probably would make, you know, that you could make six figures. You can, you can have an amazing life and then work with like high tech machinery. Yep. You know, and you can be yourself. No yeah, doubt. Exactly. Right? That's yeah, my, good that call. was my favorite part about being a machinist yep. was yeah. nobody came to bother me. I don't work with the public. Right. You know, and that's one of the things that we found with a lot of the younger people that we hire, a lot of the women that we've had come into the company. There's no pressure to, to you know, to put makeup on, to do your hair. Well, keep your hair out of the machines, but that's it. Yeah, yeah know, be careful. You know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, I, th I think manufacturing is a, it's a real good space for, for people who don't like that part of the world where they got to, you know, constantly be on point. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. You, you got you got talent you got the grit you got the the mind to go after it and put the work in you and, will uh, win it doesn't matter male female you got an opportunity at life that to be a part of something great man amazing you know yep absolutely super good thank you guys so much for being yeah, here yeah great stuff so good yeah great Honored stuff to be here. thank you so much awesome man and thanks for always just being such a support to the academy to the community and all of it man super good Boom. I love that you guys are in Texas. Boom. Hit it. All right. We're out.